All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode two, Coffee with Creators, live from Adorama itself. This is the actual store behind us, 42 West 18th Street. If you're in New York, you can go by now. I mean, you've seen this guy here for plenty of time. This is Daniel Norton joining me for episode two. Let me get through some spiel, and we'll go, we'll go into some talking. I won't talk until you give me permission. Yeah, I told you permission. Now it's that way. He said I could not talk. D didn't you say that? Yep. yep. I can do not talk, Daniel, until I give him permission. You guys know exactly how frustrating it is when we go live together, now, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Jesus there we go. There told we me that he was the master of this whole area. I'm surprised he can't turn my mic off. See how he said that he's not going to talk till I get there? Okay, great. This is going to be a fun one, guys, and we love you guys so much. But first, I just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Glow, who is house brand for modifiers here at Adorama. So you know how it is. You're not sure if you really like a modifier, if you want to get into it. Get an easy cost version of it and try it out before you go all in on some pro brand. Or maybe you just need that extra one for that job. Or maybe you just have a budget system yourself. Go check out the link below for, I think, like one of those massive array of modifiers you may have ever seen is down in that glow section. Snoot. The Parasnap is a solid lineup, though. Check that out. I think we're both fans of the Parasnap. Yeah, I like the Parasnap. Parasnap's pretty cool. So go check that out. Link down below. Is that a safety cable? Would you stop? Okay. Sorry. Okay. And... We're waiting on our coffee order from Brulita. So that is today's sponsor for the coffee. They are down there on Mulberry Street. Yep. So if you're down there in the downtown area, go check them out. We'll be waiting on it. It's going to be pretty nice when it finally shows up. But for right now, I'm drinking green tea because I've had a very sick weekend. And you're on that bodega stuff, huh? I bought this from the guy on the corner. It's I mean, he wasn't just standing on the corner. He was, in the, he was in the truck. Always the guy in the corner. And really quick, just so you guys know, if you're in New York, October 12th, we're doing a super special event. Sony Square. So we're going to be at the, let me scroll up so you guys can actually see it. We're going to be on the rooftop of Sony's building itself in Madison Park. So you can come hang out with me, Sal D'Elia, some Sony artisans, uh, a few models, and even some folks singing and stuff going on like that. We're going to be lighting it up with a multiple uh, array of sets. So you can check out whatever Sony camera you've been trying to try out, whatever lens you want to try out, and free memory cards while supplies last at a first come, first serve, and it's free. So check out the Eventbrite. Uh, Adorama on Eventbrite, you should all be following it. His events go up there, my events go up there, this event goes up there. So if you're in New York and you're looking to come to some live events or virtual events anywhere around the world, uh, the QR code, Dan, Dan, why you got to do this to me? And there, right over Dan's head. Hit that, hit that, and you guys can come check out some events. All right, now that's should be awesome. take a picture of it. I uh, Dan just schooled me on uh, on technology. I don't know if I can live with myself for the rest of this show. Oh, man. Dan. Dude, baby, booby. It's been a whole five minutes. I text you every day. <laughs> we share a studio together. Mm -hmm. We do. Oh, that's your close. Okay. Yeah, that's a microphone. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> well, Seth, Seth talks like this into the microphone, so I wanted to make sure I had that. I same. do that with handhelds because I, I was raised on St. Mark's, and this is <laughs> everyone, rah, rah, you know, it's like. That's how we do. So if you guys have any questions for Dan in the chat, right. obviously hit a large uh, make set me of... louder. Make Dan louder? He's not near the mic. That's the problem. I had it close to my face and you moved it. Oh All right. God, I will just speak louder. <laughs> Dan Norton, everybody. All right, I am louder. You should have said make Seth softer. That would really have made him mad. There is no softer. <laughs> there is only Seth. <laughs> there is no softer. One level. Broke it off. Off and just all on, you know? <laughs> Although, I mean... Man, so we're in the brand new event space uh, mm -hmm. that I, I, just, I just built it the last two months, but you you built the original, and you built it when there was no event space. You know what I mean by that? Like, you were gathering people mm -hmm. before there was an infrastructure for it. Where did that come from? I mean, I know I know where you where it comes from from you, but for mm -hmm. people that don't understand, can you kind of walk through the mentality you had of, we got to do stuff here? Yeah, so what actually happened was the the 
a very interesting story, I guess, or not. We'll find out in a second. Let me know. <laughs> is that I was literally, I used to do uh, the displays uh, for the, the lighting department. I was like, hey, when I first came here, they were like, everything was a beauty dish. Because clearly somebody <laughs> put it up who didn't know what anything was. They're like, a beauty dish looks good. So I was like, well, let's do some different displays. And I was setting up a display. And every time I would do it, somebody would come in and go. I got you. Somebody would come in and go, oh, what's that? And then they'd want to know about it, and I would show them how it worked or whatever. And then I was like, I should just start demoing this stuff, and people will see how it works. Because there's so much to, you know, we all learn. I should look at the camera, not the microphone. I'm looking at the microphone. We, start, we all learn, like, the ca- I pick up the camera. Oh, I got my camera. I, I got a light. But there's so much that's intricate to studio work, like grip especially. Like, that is the meat of what you do when you're really building out lighting. I feel so like, and nobody knows what it is. They don't know what to do. They walk in, they're like, uh, I need a thing. Like, but when you show people, oh, you can hang this here, or you can do the safety cable, you got all these different stands, you can see all the stuff that's available to let them kind of uh, expand what they do. So that's kind of how we started. Then they became the, we called the pro days. Right. That was yeah. the early stages where I think the first one we had Joe McNally here and we like pulled everything out of the way and just like did a portrait in the middle of the store. And then from that, we were like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I just started doing the same thing. I remember showing up here and Dan was like, I'm going to show you guys how to freeze action. Here's two martial artists I just grabbed in off the street. <laughs> right down the and street. there was nothing moved out of the way. My man was making them do like spin kicks in the air. I mean, you didn't move anything out of the way. Yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> there, there used to be a couple of tables here that we rolled out. <laughs> but people would walk in and try to like buy stuff off a shelf while we were still doing it. I just remember thought, there was product there. No, I do. And I, I remember like just thinking everyone was more like in tune to, is that guy's elbow going to knock that thing off than whatever you were saying, you know? And you weren't <laughs> oh, even mic'd, I don't think. I'm pretty sure Maybe you not. Mic'd. Yeah, I don't think so. We didn't have cameras. That was the early, early stuff. And, and well, this, actually, no, I must have been mic'd because that one we filmed. And the early ones, I think people don't realize was there was no YouTube. So people were coming here as right. the education point. They weren't walking mm-hmm. in with an already established education of things that people were saying, the trends that were going on, the gear people were using. Like this was where you came together to get that, you know? Am I growing a bigger beard? Uh, you know, I, I let it grow until it becomes itchy or uncomfortable. Then I cut it back. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, it was a question <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> I'm trying to interact with the chat. Dan got a small coffee because we're waiting on the actual coffee. It's, right. it's it, uh, <laughs> there was budget cuts. Seth doesn't have. I knew we were just gonna laugh this entire time. His, his cup's actually empty, and I have half a cup. I'm on green tea, man. I was <clears throat> I was in a coma this weekend. It was rough. I got, a lot of people are sick. Our own, our very wow. own Fernando. I hope you're feeling better down at home, buddy. Uh, but. Yeah, we run on coffee. One of one of the things you guys don't know is Dan always before he went live here would go to the bodega on this block to get a coffee because it would cost whatever amount. He get a quarter as change, and then that quarter would end up being the you know the screwdriver for the tripod. <laughs> the tripod. And then they changed their price; they went higher. And he's like, "Well, I just can't get this coffee anymore." Yeah, that's that's exactly true. That's. <laughs> oh man. So where do you think? Uh, do you, is this where you expected things to go? Now that we're like a decade later, where you mm-hmm. built. The community, you started doing the live talks, you started doing, you were doing, first of all, just to give you an idea of the Iron Man this, this guy is, two demos a day. Three. That was three. What was the third one? I used to do three. We filmed the second one. We, it was one in the morning, then one in the afternoon, then one at five. Three demos a day. When I came in here, he was doing two demos a day, three o'clock to five, and then five to seven. Mm-hmm. And when I 12. took over this, we streamed them to Facebook at three o'clock, mm-hmm. YouTube at five o'clock, and he did the same topic in two different ways every week i can't even come with more than six topics i just keep changing the title and doing the same thing over and over again this guy did th- how many about 300 how many episodes is on set 
About, about 300, yeah. 300 episodes of Onset, going mm-hmm. live twice in a day every week. He's just still pouring out stuff. He's still going live here every other Thursday on this channel, Adorama TV, mm-hmm. and he's got his own channel. I mean, the skull is full, and he's been giving it to us forever. So we got to yeah, give a thank you to Dan in the chat for all these years of... Uh, of just sharing everything he's got with us. But I, I do think you have some of the weirdest chops in the industry. You've had to light cruise ships without showing any of the strobes, massive hauls. You've yep. had to shoot on the beaches of Miami to do fashion. Mm-hmm. Then you had to do all that glassware work you were shooting for Amazon for years. We mm-hmm. had to shoot clear glass on white and just try to figure out a ways to make clear objects look like they're worth buying. Was it plastic? It was, it was plastic, plastic, which is actually trickier. And what's funny about that is they... <clears throat> The client and was like, D&D. and I played D and D. The client didn't want it to look like. Because I sat down, I'm like, this is easy. Boom! I did the classic thing. You all know how to light glass. If you don't know how to do it, it's the simplest. He has thing. a video on it. Somewhere. Boom! Two lights, two strip lights from the side. You get the boom. You get the shape. It's easy. White background. Done. I mean, Black getting the exposure right. Black on either side. Did that. <clears throat> they were like, no, that looks like everybody else's. We want to see that it's glass. We want to see reflections in it, but not too much. <laughs> and it was like this weird <laughs> mix of almost like what we would consider as kind of photographers as bad because it's not like they were showing me like snapshots of glass. Like this is what we want it to look like. And I'm like, well, that doesn't look good, <laughs> you know. But the thing is, that's one of the things when you're working with a client is you've got to understand what they want and interpret it into the best value for them. And the funny thing is it worked. We did it and their cup stood out and they actually did well. And they, they were like, Oh, we're going to keep bringing you back to do more. And it was really funny. Cause I was like, wow, that's shouldn't have worked. So it, you know, <laughs> it's like you, you have to constantly be growing and changing. You can't be fixed in a way and think this is how it's done. It never is the same. It's always going to change. Yeah. That's why I think we're both big on the principles and fundamentals. Cause you don't stand on those and build up. Mm-hmm. Even if it's you think, and also sometimes it's not just your style if you're working for a client. It's just the ability to bring them what they want. That's where you get into the technicals. You're pulling out mm-hmm. those skill cards rather than my ego. No, I should look yeah. like this. Bang, 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 bang. Right. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fundamentals are important. You have to understand how light works, how your camera works, and where you can make adjustments to do what they want you to do. In the chat, how long have you guys been watching Daniel? Do you remember any videos off the top of your head that were your favorites? Because I asked Dan to oh. send me a list of links of his personal favorites, and yeah. uh, boy, was that long. And thanks for sending it via text. Really helpful. So. <laughs> I, I, I figured you could handle it. I wrote it in my notepad, actually. All right, let's, <clears throat> let's start going through it. So you okay. started this whole... You started this whole um, series called Mentoring Marissa, which was pretty interesting of an right. idea. So th- Marissa is one of our models that you guys mm-hmm. all super know and super love. And yeah, I just picked one of them. Because uh, the reason why I like this series is because it gives you all that in between. One of the things that we... It's funny, when we first started doing videos, we strove for this idea of quick. Like quick, which is actually coming back now. That's a now popular again. And getting the information out there. But then we realized as we did more live stuff that people like to see the little things that you don't even think of. You know, what aren't you thinking that I'm just doing naturally because I've been doing this a long time. So I just pick something up and move it and you're just like, why did he do that? Did that even make a difference? Is he just drinking his coffee? What's actually happening here? So this is great because it actually has somebody who is really interested in learning photography trying to do it. When they do have some kind of, Marissa does have some kind of a background, obviously, as an actor. She's been on many, many sets. So she's got an idea and often over-the-top, crazy ideas. Yeah. And part of the series, if you watch it, is me being like, let's tone this down. <clears throat> because realistically, 
you're not always going to be able to do the most elaborate thing. It's easy to come up with a crazy idea. It's not easy to execute it. I say that a lot about students. Students have the best ideas. Old farts have all the skill and no ideas. And it's really the middle that can I say farts on the chair. I said it twice. You just did it. It's the middle is really where the strength is. You want to see those fresh ideas. You want to mold and bring them in. And, but then you need the knowledge and the skill to back it up. And I, I learned that by assisting for great photographers that yeah. would ask us, you know, we'd be on these sets, these, you know, million dollar jobs. And they would look at the assistants and be like, well, how would you do this? And it's like, that's, I mean, they didn't always do what we said, <laughs> obviously, but they wanted to know what we would do because they were interested. And I think that's super important. Yeah, and I also think, one, she's an actress, so she's been wanting to shoot headshots for other actors. She knows what they're looking for. So there's an inter, an entrance to the business for her. She also wanted to make short films and do things like that. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool is, you know, someone like Marissa, who's just really into it, isn't bogged down by, like, the people that are chasing, getting stuck on, like, certain techniques, exactly, you know, trying to replicate something that some other photographer's doing. Like, she's just like, I saw this, I want to make it happen. Like, she's got that, like, freedom. Yeah. And it's it's funny because half the things that she would bring me were like so much post process. Yeah, they she'd were. be like, "I want to do this." I'm like, "That's like 16 hours of Photoshop in a simple picture." And 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 teach her to understand where. And this isn't a bad thing. I mean, if you're a Photoshop artist, go for it. But like knowing that that's not something that's achievable in the camera that way, but we can get something similar that will work is something you have to learn as you go through things. And it's nice to be able to to show that to somebody. Because I would just look at that and go, I can't do a demo on that because that's 16 hours of Photoshop. But when I get her there and I have to then do, you know, help her get as close as possible, that forces me to just kind of stretch my limbs. So I really like that series. People always ask us to do more. We will at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, she's she's busy and you're cranking away too. So, you know, but it's, it's cool that I don't think I've ever seen a channel do that. Like take one of their models and start actually, and I think it's important to show if you're an older photographer and you have mm-hmm. some some people that are asking you for advice, like seeing how Dan works with someone. You don't he never talks down to her. He's always on a level. He's always trying to elevate, not only just get to an end result that she's happy with, but actually trying to get her somewhere. You know. Yeah, the hardest part is not just doing it for them. Right. Yeah. Right. Cliff style. <laughs> right. Cliff's right. like, just give me your like, camera. Just give me the camera. Go. Done. Flip your hair. Yeah. If you don't know Cliff House, there, check yourself. Legend. <laughs> right. This one was an interesting one. This one was for, with you and Joe McNally, the great Joe McNally. Oh, yeah, I threw that in because that was one of the first times that we really got to add a lot of production value. We had been doing stuff basically um, on the fly, you know, like like in the streets, just doing stuff, just doing the best we could, which obviously still is something that happens. But here we got some budget. We got access to studios at YouTube themselves. And uh, Seth was involved in this too because yeah. you helped with the, the bringing in the makeup artists and everything and helping the overall. And we got to just hang out and shoot. And it was very, very fun to just chill because Joe's such a nice guy and it's just fun just to hang out with him. But the, really, I put this one in there because of the challenges. The first ideas were to actually shoot in a diner. And they scoped up the diner. We looked at the things. We had to go at 3 o'clock in the morning. We needed all these things, whatever, blah, blah. Then as we approached the thing, budgets timing all these things started coming together and it became like oh hold on there's this set here so we walked into this set and we had to then make what we wanted to do or what joe wanted to do out of what was available and i think that's again a good lesson we don't always have everything we want yeah and it was uh, actually i think everybody was shocked at how small the set was i think joe was expecting like an actual diner to work in Mm -hmm. and if you notice we ended up visiting a diner again later on in the channel with joe with the uh, the point shoot diaries or, or murders or whatever. That's right. Yep. Because uh, he's just obsessed that kind of you know atmosphere, and that's cool. But it was really interesting to watch you guys talk it out. That we're all throwing in our, our like, no, nah, let's let's cut a rag here. Mm-hmm. So it worked out pretty good. And Joe's you know always popping on the channel. We're doing cool things. And I think having 
you talk to him instead of him just narrating brings more out? Yeah, I think so. Cool. So, and you've done a lot with Joe. I mean, Joe's been on yeah, this channel. Yeah, we've done a bit, yeah. Uh, this one, ideal modifiers for... Okay, so this one I, I chose because I think that, again, it's tempting to come in here when we have all the gear in the world and do everything. But it's but 90% of the stuff that I do, I use one light. So this video was really about just like making simple portraits with one light, which is a big amount of what I do, especially for... Um, you know, for commercial work, like for money, basically. All right. Is that all you got to say on that one? Is that yeah, it? I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they can watch the videos. I don't know. Well, I think the simplistic ones are the ones that really hit because that's where anyone can actually go out and try. And we're, tr when we're doing things that are like $3,000 lights and, you know. Yeah, it's cool to watch somebody do something very elaborate. But if, when you really want to do it, you know, uh, sometimes simpler is better. Yeah. Okay, the B2 hands-on. I'm going to let the intro play on this one because this is what old school Adorama yeah, looked like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, boy. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Watch and advance your imaging. Man, you guys. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Dan came back from this one, and he was like, everybody's shooting the same shot. Not me. I'm going to do it like this. This was typical Dan attitude. If you watch that, too, we just watched. There's actually a label from the used department on that lens, because I think I borrowed a lens to shoot it. <laughs> oh, man. There's so, Sharina. Oh, oh, my God. This, this was an amazing shoot. We got to go up near kind of where I live, and we also shot in the studio, and it got so cold, and it was just it was just crazy. Like everybody came together, and the light. And I say this in the video, it really does. Because you know, people come to me. One of the things I used to always say when they would bring me something new is I would be like, "Can I really test this? Can I break it? <laughs> you know, can I break? Can I beat the heck out of this thing and really use Look at it?" This young guy. Look at this and, guy. And so full of hope. No beard. So full. And and that's uh that's one of the things that uh, I appreciate about certain brands. And they were like, "Yeah, do your do your worst or your best, whatever you know." And we went out there. We were in freezing cold. We were shooting, and the lights held up. And this is a huge point here because this was the first. This is the first one they called. OC. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Off-camera flash, right? The, the, the pitch on this light was so ridiculous. It was. They wanted you to put it on top of your camera. <laughs> they had a bracket for it and everything, and it was monstrous. <laughs> They're showing it in Puerto Rico. They're like, wedding photographers will love this. But now you have to also keep in mind that at this power level or even close to it, all that really existed was a Norman, right? And a Norman oh, yeah. was like this. It was a big backpack, you know, a big pack like this. And I was just like, no, no, no. We're not going to put it on top of the camera. Let's go out there and shoot with it how I would do it, and that's basically what we're doing here. And this is like the number one light I recommend to people that are looking for a really yeah. well-built flash. You can find them used mm -hmm. unbelievably low price because they closed them out brand yeah. new at an unbelievably low price. It's a two-head two and pack kit, 250 watt seconds combined, so you can either get 250 out of one head or 125 out of each other mm -hmm. one, but... It's awesome. I mean, it really is. And it's, it, it is genuine pro photo. It's not like a lower line. It's just an older model. So if you're looking to get into pro photo and don't want to get into that brand new pricing, check out Adorama's use bar for the B2 kit because I think you and me have each had like three kits at some point. Yeah, yeah. B2s are great. B2s I, are great. I, I definitely like the B2 kit. B2 kits are great. Let us know what you guys use in those comments too. I mean, we got the we do have the, uh, the chat room up and live and you guys can ask any question you guys want. I'll grab them. Uh, Raul saying, I agree. When I started taking photos, I bought so much gear, which to be honest, started really using what? Which we started really using after one and a half years. Then watching you, I realized gear came second, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what is the gear if you don't know what to do with it or get right. the most out of it or understand what to stay clear of when you're using it? Because every gear has a, has a fall point and you yeah. got to kind of watch it a little bit. No, that's 100% true. And when I used to actually be here being a lighting consultant in the city, in the, in the store, like people would come in all the time and be like, I need a light. 
<laughs> That's the first thing everybody always said. I'd be like, for what? You know? And when it came down to it, half the time they didn't need a light. What they really needed was a little bit of knowledge. And that also goes back to your first question. That's kind of where it came from. I would sit there and take a piece of paper and like draw. I'd be like, no, no, this is what you have. Do this. And they would leave, you know? And it's funny because early on they were like, oh, what? And I'm like, I'm not a salesman. <laughs> It's like, I'm here to help people. If they don't need a light, they don't need a light. But those same people would always come back right. and they would buy stuff because you don't need, if I sell you an extra light and you don't need a light, you're not going to want, you're going to be like, that guy sold me a light, doesn't do anything. I didn't do what I wanted. What you really want is a result. You don't want a light. You don't want a camera. You don't want a lens. You want a result. And that's really what the education sells you. That's a good quote. You want a result. And, and it's true. I think that's one of the things that we've all signed in on under the Adorama umbrella because it, they really do believe that. Like, we're not. Yeah. We're not here to do like a hard sell or whatever. We're here to get you guys to stay with it, keep going, go for it. What's the point of getting that one hardcore sale and then people are irate? We want to see what you guys are developing. I mean, I think some of the coolest things when we are done with a demo and someone comes up and is like, I did this because I saw this video. Like, that's the coolest thing. Yeah, 100%. I, yeah. I love to see when people tag me and they're just like, oh, I did this because I saw the demo. It's, it's such a great feeling to know that people are taking in the education and, and growing. This next video is actually one of my favorites because Dan does something I, I like to do a lot, which is grip up using the environment and articulating arms. Oh. So this one is shooting in an NYC oh, subway. Sub and in a subway, you really don't have the option to throw down a stand and have all the time in the world. So, oh, the puppet, right. Daniel. The puppet. We'll talk about the puppet in a little bit because uh, <laughs> it's just awesome. But this, can I get to the part where you go into the subway? This yeah. was awesome. I mean, first yeah. of all, unbelievable dress. Un un yeah. What a great look for the subway. She looks like she's like New Year's Eve. She's trying to get home, but she still looks great, you know? But Dan, you know, yeah. he really, uh, you know, that's that's the existing light, which is right. always rough in the subway, right? Yeah. And then we go into you gripping up a speed light using an arm. Do you, do I get to this at some point, Dan? Where is it? I do. I eventually do take a picture. Where is it? <laughs> Where is it? There it is. So on an arm, speed light, light kit can fit in a backpack. You want to walk us through it a little bit? Yeah, so... <laughs> So here, like, you're not allowed to put things on the ground in the subway, right? And, you know, obviously you don't want to flash when the train's coming. That's what the puppet was saying, because I forgot to say it when we were there. And, oh, of course, I did cheat a little bit, because I put my bag on the ground, and I put a little tiny Osmo pocket camera. That's how I'm filming myself. And you can see I have the laptop on the ground, because people always ask me, they're like, oh, uh, you know, tethering is so difficult. It slows me down. I can't do it. I I'm in the subway, you know, it's like, here I am tethering because this that's how I, that's how I nailed a great shot. And we were there only for a few minutes and we just got it. We went in there with an idea. I had touted it quickly before I gripped it up, used a little uh, speed light. Uh, I think I used a, a one, a one and boom, easy enough. Right. Because when you're in the dark, this is actually something I said in the live not that long ago, people always say, oh, I'm shooting at night. I need a lot of lights. And actually when it's dark, you don't need a lot of lights. That's the thing. <laughs> you know, you, cause they only have to beat what's there. So a speed light was more than enough filled in, mixed it with what was there, and we were good to go. And the best part about the whole video is the dude sitting on the bench that doesn't care because we're in New York. <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> yeah, but then you're also showing, like, shutter drag, yeah, getting, shutter the, getting the motion of the train. So you're still getting the environment, the feel of the environment, yeah. the feel of that subway. She looks great, and you yeah. did it with just a light and a grip arm. Uh, not even a grip, I'm sorry, an articulating arm with, yeah. a, with a super clamp, which I think I'm like, a, I'm, that's my way. I just I love to get little lights yeah. everywhere. Uh, but this just goes to show you, like, your only limits are you. Right. So even and, and then use an A1, you could use a hundred dollar speed light in this situation. You could have your friend hold that speed light. You know, you could you could find a way, you know, hide behind a pole or something like that. But yeah, yeah with the 100%. hair in the way. Yeah. The hair yeah. Normally uh, in a situation like this, if I was going to go do this, like if I shoot a mouse portfolio, I would have an assistant it would be so much easier because I would just have them hold the light. But showing you how you can do it by yourself even is is uh, I think valuable because oftentimes we're by ourselves these days. 
Did you go into that one thinking, it's okay if I don't get this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I said that to her. I'm like, we'll see what we get, you know? Well, it's also the filming yourself. I don't think people realize how hard it is to film yourself, yeah. self-producing, and coming out with a great shot. You know, you're not just focused on one production there of the shot. You're, you're focused on two. That, for me, yeah. is the biggest, like, ugh. Yeah, and especially in a situation like this where you're actually, like, in a location, like, trying to get it done in five minutes before the next train comes, you've got to get in there, film it, show enough background, do all that. Yeah, the, the, the video part of it is something that I did. That was the biggest learning curve for anything. Like, knowing what to capture on the video and what not to capture, <laughs> you know, to make it so that... Actually, Sal taught me a lot there. Just watching Sal work. He's like the minimalist video shooter. Yeah, Sal was on the first episode. Yeah, yeah so if you guys... Sal, Sal just shoots, like, exactly enough. Like, I'm always like, is that enough? It's like, it is always enough. Yeah, he just nails it. There's not tons of extra video, and he just he knows what he needs, and that's very, very good. Yeah, this, I'm going to pull this one because I think this one's pretty cool. This was, uh, yeah. you, I think you rented a Mustang in Vegas. Yes, I did. So, yeah. so I was in Las Vegas to teach at WPPI, and Marissa was in California. And I was like, hey, if you come to Vegas, we can road trip out to California and shoot on the way after I finish teaching. So we did that. And we basically, I rented, a, and I rented this convertible Mustang, and Marissa brought with her the most giant bag of clothing you've ever seen in your life. It didn't fit in the car. I had to bring the roof down on the car to put it into the car <laughs> so that she, we could actually drive. And I, used to, I had to take it out to hide it behind the car every time we stopped to shoot. But this is just speed lights, you know, and uh, a couple of speed lights and just using the sun, really. It's really what it comes down to. Uh, I think three, maybe three speed lights. Yeah, it was really, really fun. What a trip. We actually drove two hours in the wrong direction because I wasn't using <laughs> GPS. <laughs> did you put the other Vegas shoot, the Elvis one in here? I did, yeah, yeah. I've done a lot of fun shoots in Vegas. It, it's a, it's a fun place because you got the, the desert, you know, and just like cool people to interact with. Do you remember what the name of the, the Vegas? Oh, this one, right? Yeah, I think it's called. Okay, like, this this one yeah. I think is like a legendary video. Yeah. Uh, oh no, this is no, not Vegas. this one. I've shot in Vegas a bunch of times. This one is just shooting at night. Here, okay. here I I shoot on the strip. Okay, we'll go through this one, but I want to find the Elvis one. Oh yeah, I did the Elvis. Yeah, so I tried to pick stuff that was basically location stuff. So this one was really fun because. Every time we would go out to Vegas to teach for, for Adorama, we were like, there's a B2, right? And I was like, all right, we should shoot videos while we're here, right? All day long, we're running around. I'm being Seth, or Seth being me, depending on how you want to look at it. Here, I'm at the booth. Oh, this is a new guy. New stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's what you're doing, right? And then, like, now it's nighttime. We want to shoot a video or the last day or something. So we're out there, and I found this model, uh, you know, using various model sites or well, the studio's Instagram today. And... Uh, we went on the strip and shot. And what was fun about this is while I'm doing it, people were asking me like how they could take better pictures on things. It was so fun just to be out there and like, here we are, we're gonna shoot this shot. It's basically a pop and blur on some level. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if this one's a blur, but basically I'm using the a long shutter to catch the background. Plus uh Yeah, in the beginning you do the shutter yeah, drag. Yeah, I do a little shutter drag and and basically just kind of taking a simple shot, right? Getting the colors, she had that bright hair. And uh, yeah, and against glass, by the way. Yeah, against which, glass. Which which is a nightmare. Which drove, if anybody knows what that's yes, like. Yes, there's also glass there. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I also we actually had that idea for a series. We were like going to call like, let me fix that, or let me show you to shoot that. Like in New York, we're always seeing, we're always passed by people trying to shoot, uh -huh. and you're always like, constantly checking every shot, and they don't know, and they're adjusting things that make no sense. And you're like, can I just go over there? And just give you like three things to change and we can fix this. Oh I, I don't know if you'd ever want someone to come into your setup, though. Uh, I'd be yeah. annoyed. I'd say that. but Yeah, you know who used to do that? Actually, when I lived in Miami, I had a friend, Bill. And we would be walking around. And whenever he saw somebody shooting something, he would like call, bring me over. He'd be like, nice. hey, hey, Daniel's a professional. Oh, coffee. Marion's out there with the coffee. Oh, we got coffee. Marion. Two All right. big bags. Yeah. That's a lot of that's coffee. That's because everyone else 
jumped on. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to get a sausage biscuit or something. Sausage <laughs> Can we get sausage biscuits with creators? Let me know in the comments if you want that. Uh, I don't have the Elvis one. Oh. Was it 268? Was that the number of it? I, I don't know what it's called. It, it's like it, Portraits on Location or something like that. You, you know, I'd put the word Elvis in it. Daniel, That'd make it too easy. Yeah, so <laughs> this was another one that we actually had some budget for. I got to actually do a uh, like a like a regular shoot. Because, you know, a lot of times when you're doing stuff, again, we're there for another reason. We're there to cover to the trade show. Anything else is extra. We got coffee from Mary. Mary, and everybody give a clap, Mary. Thank you. There's so, many, like oh, there's so many cups there's in here. There's two coffees in here. There's so many cups. Is there one for me? Is this a black coffee? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh. I bet you one this, of these is This yours. one has milk in it. Ice is mine. This is ice. Oh, okay. Thank no, you. There's two coffees in here. Maybe I got a regular coffee as well. Thank All you. Right. Thank nice. You. All right, Berlita, thank you so much. I'm going to throw their logo up really quick. Bing. Thank and you. thanks, Berlita, for the coffee. We appreciate it. We put in the order way too late. It's our fault. Don't worry about it. Yeah. All right. Um, if, if Charleston Chew wants to... Uh, <laughs> Wants to, uh, so you know, Dan sponsor once one of these. mentioned he likes Charleston shoes the best, and then someone sent an entire case of them to the event space mm -hmm. that month, and I was <laughs> like, "You've got to be kidding me!" But they, I think it shows delicious. that I think it shows that people actually are connected, caring, and that's how you stay communal. It's like it's not just like a video and some random guy. Like, no, you're learning from Daniel, and we're seeing how you guys elevated. You know, so this is the one, right? That's it. Yeah. Which one, one do you want? The one that one with the. I think the, the top one is probably the... The better one? Yeah, it's just a simpler one, just to really understand what's All going right, so on. So this is the legendary uh, right. <laughs> Elvis video, where you just went and got as many Elvis personages as you could, right? Yeah, as budget would allow. So we, we had a budget, and we went out there, and I wanted a pink Cadillac, and I wanted Elvises, and we got a bunch. Uh, we got four, I think, four Elvises. We got... Because, um, you know, in, in Vegas... You've got all these different Elvis impersonators. You've got female Elvis. You've got, there was, a, I think it was a mini Elvis who was like a, a small guy. And then, of course, we had the standard Elvis. And we had like all these different Elvis. We had, uh, I think he called himself Asian Elvis. And there was, there was also a black Elvis, which we did not get. He wasn't available. Sorry. But uh, we basically went out and shot with this brown color. <laughs> and it was so, it was so fun. I got to use the satellite because Bron Color was like, oh, we're going to sponsor us. What do you want? And I'm like, oh, I know what I want. Oh, yeah. Let me just get the $5,000 satellite. <laughs> What's the most expensive thing that nobody ever buys but is the most amazing? But, you know, sometimes that's how jobs are. A lot of times when you're a this photographer. Thing, this thing right here. Yeah. This oh is the this is the oh, mini. This is even the full That's the mini, yeah. So that's a $3,500 modifier. It's not cheap, yeah. And that actually, you know, that's like the sun. It's like maybe even more intense. It's, it's just like, bam. And it's so good. And the thing is with, the, with these kind of jobs is what this shows you is, what, like if I was shooting a fashion catalog, this is the kind of thing I would do. I'd be like, all right, well, I have this cool idea for a shot. I need this gear and I would rent it, right? We're not limited to what we have in our kit, right? Our kit does the stuff we do every day. I wouldn't use a satellite every day, so I wouldn't buy one, right? But when I go out to do a job like this, it's nothing is like the sun except this. And we're able to be out there in Las Vegas and actually shoot with the, because I'm basically, okay, so what's happening here, just in case for people who don't understand, because I'm shooting in, in, with, the, with the sun behind the subject, and because I'm darkening the sky, we lose that highlight that you'd get from the sun because we're basically, although I hate to use the word overpowering, but we're basically bringing the power of the sun down. Right. So we're not getting that good, crisp highlight that we want. So that's what the satellite's doing. It's bringing back the sun. Now, sure, you could probably do something similar 
with it is it's subtle, right? It's so and crazy. and and what you can do is you can bring back um, that you could use a reflector, let's say. Somebody, well, you put it on the sun, you use the light. Okay, you could do that. Then the Cadillac could be super overexposed, right? So this is all about balancing a tremendous amount of light out in the desert in Las Vegas. So it's trickier than it looks. But those packs they held out. Those uh, I use those. Those are my packs for a while. Yeah, so I, nice. I think people don't realize how many times you shoot in the sun and then try to combat the sun, then mimic the sun again because you're basically trying to change direction, the way it looks. You, you you're either shooting on the time of day you want and then kind of fudging it a little bit with reflectors or you're battling it to make your in-camera exposure lower than it should be and then bringing it back with ripping the light to make it mimic the sun. I don't think people um, really get in that headspace. I think it's an yeah. old commercial headspace. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, we're going through puberty there. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, I, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but we got to talk about this. <clears throat> Dan totally dropped that modifier. So, <laughs> and so we were like, oh, Somewhere boy. Somewhere there's drone footage of it, yeah. So it, it <clears throat> went back to bronze color. We didn't think of it for probably six years. And then we're out at WPPI. We see Eric V, our favorite, uh, Eric Valin, who's a, if you haven't checked out his work, he's amazing. We're at like a party. And he goes, man, they sent me this satellite. And this thing was all banged up. And Dan's like, I think that's the one they sent me. It yes, was like that six was, years uh, later that came back. Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look at, look at this shot. Like, Dan is really yeah. trying to make it look like it wasn't lit with flash, but the sun is so cleaned up because Dan cleaned up the sun by creating the sun. Does that make sense? Yeah, right. It's, it, it, right. It, sometimes the simplest looking shot is the hardest. Is the hardest to do, right? Because you can. It's the dead giveaway. Is if you look at the car, you can see the shadow underneath it, so you know the sun is directly overhead. There's no way it looks like that on him. Yeah, Dan but, once said, "I don't want you to see the work." Right. And it's true. I mean, that's really what's going on. And also, the glasses look sick. Yeah. Like those look like glass with just enough reflection. You could sell those on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a really, really fun shoot, and and uh, thanks to Dave and Fernando to help me out. That that would never could have done it by myself. Was that requires a team? It was hot. All the Elvises were amazing. The guy that produced it actually rented us the car. He borrowed it from a guy, so he saved some money. So we got one extra Elvis. Jeez, because I only had enough for so many Elvis. You needed an Elvis Muppet. <laughs> you know, you needed to have your the Daniel puppet out. You want to talk about the Daniel puppet for a bit? Like where'd that come from? Yeah, so. And there, the, there is a puppet. <laughs> the original idea, though, hold on. The original idea was from never to acknowledge it's a puppet. That's right. It was supposed to be like, it's just Daniel and you guys don't, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> that didn't last very long. But yes, that was the whole thing. And, and we would also use it in videos in the beginning without putting it like in the, the thumbnail or whatever. Like we kind of were trying to hide that it was there. But yeah, I mean, it really was some, something simple. Um, Richard, who used to work in the thing, was like, oh, there's, there's, there's this YouTube channel they, they use puppets to tell these stories or whatever, and we were watching it. And they was like, it'd be cool if you had a puppet. And then I was like, you find me a place to make a puppet, I will get a puppet. And he found one, and then there it is. And it's a really good that. puppet. It has your tattoo yeah. on it. I mean, I think the beard was changeable yeah. or something like that. Well, he did a great job with it. it, it it's um, Fuzzhead Puppets. Something I don't like know that. that he does like individual commissions anymore. I know that what we paid for it, which was not cheap, um, I would do it. it was like double the price when my brother went back because my brother wanted to get one. Which would have been amazing, by the way. Yeah, well, he, we're like, no, but it'll be on camera. He's like, these are meant to be on camera. I don't care. Like, I was like, yeah, fair. Uh, but I think the puppet's cool because it's just like, uh, first of all, there's a video. Is it in here? The video where he walks over to the camera and changes everything? The one with Sharina? Oh, I don't think I have that one in there, no. Oh, I thought that was too That obvious. was like the, the... Yes, Fernando, again, master puppeteer. The 
seriously, the articulation on the thing, I mean, the walk over, he flips the hair. I mean, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's so deep. He, he must have watched a video on how to do this, or he just had a lot of fun with it, or Fernando has a uh, separate life we know nothing about. Well, that's what sells the puppet, is that it does things besides just talking. Like, if you're going to use something like that, this is a good tip just in general, is that what sells the puppet is that the puppet moves the hand on the camera, flicks the hair, looks. Like, that's well, what sells it. What was it. the video title? Do you remember? Oh, um... <clears throat> yeah, that's all right. It's before 100. I didn't go back that far. <laughs> it's a really, it's actually a really well-known video because it's a it's shot. Serena, and we got all the. You lights. change the lights per group. That was the one where you cycle through the groups. Right, because I'm trying to show like how you can test a face, but I did it all at once to make it more dramatic. Hey, um, Fernando, you're in the chat. Do you remember which which video that was that we're talking about? And also, Gavin, what's up, man? Well, okay. thanks for joining us, buddy. Uh, and I do understand that. We fly Gavin over here. I get that YouTube is throwing ads in the lives. Uh, forgive us on that. We will go through and find the options on how to get that squared away because uh, they did change the whole ad thing. We're sorry about that, guys. All right. Cool. All hosted a puppet. <laughs> Have yeah. my baby's Daniel from Lucy. Okay. <laughs> he said, okay. He says, okay, done. I'm, I'm, That's, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here until about three. I'm here until about three. Okay, let's get this going. Uh, what about this one? So we're okay. talking about. Rainbow lighting effect. Oh, portraits. this was super fun because, again, I'm the kind of person that if I see something, it's a gimmick. What are you looking at me like that for? I'm sorry. Wait a second. Are you call my work gimmick? No, I'm saying that Seth was talking about gimmicks recently on his website, <laughs> on his YouTube. Uh, and I see somebody do it. So in this case, uh, Vanessa uh, had to come to the studio and she did what was popular at the time, which was holding a... Uh, prism. prism to the window and put like a little cast of a, a rainbow on the person and I was like oh that's really cool and fun you know but like what if you don't have hard sunlight coming through a window you know so could you, could we create this with stuff that we have in the studio so I just put myself out there this, this is the technical part of Daniel where I like went in the studio with oh, I actually even show it with, with a head and I'm like how can I shoot light through a prism to create that effect it's not as easy as you think I want to know why you didn't use Sheila um, I think because I had to move it in and out quickly, and she was heavy. Hey, don't talk about my woman like that, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know why I use that. But so but the whole idea was I was trying to figure out how to get it so I could get the rainbow, but then also not have spill. And that's literally a rainbow coming from through a prism from a light being focused through it. It's like it's it's a very kind of specific thing. But sometimes we want to stretch ourselves, and this is one reason why I like this is that. Making these videos, interacting with people, gives me an opportunity to kind of like tap into that that photo geeky part. Exercise. The, 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 right. Just the stuff, right? I can show you how to do a Rembrandt light <laughs> all the time, right? I but, hate Rembrandt. But, the, hate but the, the thing is, how often do you ever do this? You might say you'll never need to do that in life, and you might be right. But knowing how to do it is the kind of thing that will put you in a certain position where you understand light better. It's just an exercise of light. Yeah, I think it's also important that people think uh, you just always have to test with a model or whatever. Sometimes just getting the light on anything the way you want it, just flex those muscles, break off that rust, or just think differently will change a lot for you. Uh, I think a lot of people get caught up in like, I need to get a model and get a peer space and go yep. for it. Like, chill out. Do you want to waste that person's time? Do you want to end up with nothing? Like, go take it. You got nothing going on tonight? Cool. Break out the camera. Take out a flashlight, figure some stuff out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, of course, I did do it once I knew. right? Once I got it figured out, we did it on an actual model. <clears throat> you know, part of it is is getting the technique, and then part of it is actually execution. Do you so, guys have any questions for Dan while we're, while we're going? Because I know I'm trying to, like, 
go go through the chat and stuff like that. You want me to do a, uh, an episode with Sheila where I talk to myself, basically? That's going to be a lot of fun. Huh. Oh, man. I'm sorry I sound so sick. Shooting the bear son is stress. So yeah. so this, I think one of the things that uh, you and me agree on is a lot of people try to create these shots that they want no matter what. And the reality is you have to kind of lean into what's going to be optimal rather than trying to strong arm something that might not happen. So if you're shooting in the sun, you're like, I'm going to overpower to make a really stylized shot. Sometimes, how about just make it look like a clean shot in the sun, which I actually just did in the Nikon ZF video. I initially was going to go out there with like a big, uh, big strobe, but I was like, let me get a reflector. Let me keep it easy and give us a different look and something that's more natural, you know? Yeah, well, and, and I think we've seen... Because, you know, your phone does it. They, they, they do all the HDR stuff. So people are so used to seeing somebody, like, with a darkened sky and stuff. And it's, it's weird to see somebody actually, because if you take a picture of somebody in the shade, let's say, and, and it's bright behind them, it's going to be bright. And that's just a completely different look. I mean, that was the way we used to shoot back before you could strobe everything and before there was HDR. So it's nice to show, like, what just a reflector does when you're out there. That's HDR feels feel. weird to me. Doesn't it feel like un, like a little unnatural sometimes? If it's done like way too much, I guess maybe. Well, I think it's like built into your phone though. Yeah. Remember, I took a picture with my phone, and people were getting just. I just happened to be out. I took a picture of a landscape, and I think I threw it on Twitter or something, and people were like, "Oh, so what'd you do to that?" I'm like, "The phone just did it. I didn't do it." Yeah. <laughs> it's like if I took that picture with my camera, it would not have looked as good because like the phone does all this processing to it, and maybe sometimes we don't want that, and I think that's where knowing kind of how light works comes in, right? If we want a blown out background, we want it to be bright, we want it to be a different look. Yeah, the style isn't right or wrong, but the technical to get to that style you're trying to achieve is right or wrong. Like, if you're trying to make that background look a certain way, you can get it that way. Someone might not like the way you do it. That's a style choice, but they can't fight you on the technical because you went to go and achieve that. Right, exactly. Right, you got you, you, not everything, and that's something you'll learn, right? When you go through and you start figuring out your style, some of my favorite work is the least like perfect technical it's got blocked up blacks it's got blown out highlights things aren't necessarily as sharp as they could be but that's the work that stands out to me because it's my favorite stuff whereas something that's more perfect usually isn't that interesting to me because that's what i do for work like i make perfect pictures for my job I know, I know. when i shoot for myself i don't go for that i go for feeling and motion and it's a different kind of thing it's hard to get both yeah and i i think i even struggle with should i bring that to clients sometimes because i'm like this looks cool but if are they going to get it because it's not the polish that we usually go for. Sometimes I think we strive for that polish because people expect, and you always think about that comment that's going to hit like, oh, you should have done this. Like, yeah, I could have. I know I could have, but it's boring. Yeah. Well, and I have a great story about this on some level. I, I went to this, this is years ago. I was living in Miami and I went to this modeling agency. At the time, I was just like starting to to break in and getting paid by modeling agencies. And I went there and I showed my work and they were like, okay, yeah, we want to pay you to shoot this model. And we set up the data, whatever, and I grabbed some of the comp cards off the wall so that I could see what, generally people used and it was a very different style than what I normally shoot and I'm like oh this is not what I normally do so I looked at it and I went out and I shot pictures for this model like what I saw on the comp cards and when I brought it back to them they were like what is this <laughs> they were like did you even shoot your portfolio and I'm like what do you mean <laughs> they're like we wanted what you had in the portfolio you showed us work why are you not doing it this way we can't be afraid to do what we do just so that we fit into what everybody else is doing. You got to put what's what's you, what your style is out there and there will be an audience for it. You just have to find them. Uh, there was a question <clears throat> if uh, we, we both shoot an icon because of Joe McNally. Uh, no, um, I'm, it's not, you know, I, I've never been influenced by whoever uses a camera. If I should use that camera, mm -hmm. I mean, I've been using Nikon on my kit since day one. I've had other cameras side by side, Fujifilm. I've had some cannons over the years and stuff like that, but I always keep going to, to Nikon cause I, it, it shot the way I wanted to shoot, had the lens I wanted to shoot, had the interface, 
It always built strong, and I never had it let me down. I liked the colors, and when it went digital, I liked their image quality. Uh, Dan, you were actually doing, like, you were going through a whole rotation. You were on yeah, Canon, Hasselblad. You were yep. doing... Leica. Leica. Yeah, we all shoot yeah. pretty much everything, but I think... Yeah, you, I you, shot a Mamiya for a while. I, I Currently, I'm shooting with the Nikon because when I wanted to go to a mirrorless camera, the Z6 seemed to have everything I wanted for the price point I wanted. And since then, I've, I've been shooting it, but I, I'm not going to say I'll stay there forever. I, I like them, though. Yeah, we just float around to whatever fits for what we're trying to do, you know? Yeah, I think it does a good job. I think for, for the value, I think the Z6 II uh, currently is, is a really good camera. Um, yeah, the price is nuts. Yeah. Um, really quick, let's go to the famous Muppet video because Fernando in the oh. chat found oh, it because it's found awesome. It. Oh, okay. All right, so this if you don't know about the Muppet, I don't know what to tell you guys. But and this came out of nowhere. This, That's something you have to understand. It was done so well. I mean, it's just crazy. This was also a very cool video, a very cool topic, and something that I don't think a lot of people know is an ability you can do that when they're getting at the strobe. So, right. Look at this. <laughs> oh my! Look at look. Yeah. He's looking like right where you would look. It's amazing. Yeah. Fernando really yeah, slayed this. Did a great job with that. This was pre-beard Fernando. No, Fernando's always had a beard. I think it was pre-beard Fernando. Hey, were you ever pre-beard Fernando? Oh, yeah, that's true. Fernando, Fernando has. No, no, we used to have a thing. Where I, I used to tell him, if you're going to shave, you have to tell me. Oh, yeah, because it's shocking. It's shocking. Yeah, it is shocking. She showed up yeah. to one of my demos in the back right after he shaved one time, and it was like dark. I'm like, what is this ghostly face? And I was like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, so the point of this, I mean, we did this because it's cool, and you're trying to do cool stuff on uh, YouTube. But the whole point of this video is that one of the things that we... Uh, that I do personally that I think maybe people don't do. They just walk in and they're like, I set a light up like this. And that's how I do it. I always start by, and I tell the person this, I'm like, I'm going to shoot a few pictures and kind of figure out your face. And I light them in different ways. I'll put a light over here, I'll put a light over there, I move around. So I can start to interpret where I think it works best for me. So here we did it as kind of a, uh, a quick video thing because it was a cool way to do it with the strobes firing. Plus, it's cool to show off with the with the motor drive. Because <laughs> I also had that idea. We also tied this motor in. drive. Listen to you. We tied this into this other video that we did where Sharina like uh, we did like a superhero video because that, that camera that oh, Canon yeah. it shot like ten or t maybe twelve frames per second, and the I think twelve and the profos could keep up with it. So we did this thing where she like did movements where I shot it. We turned it into a video. And it's like this really like cool, like, uh, yeah, it's pretty. There's a question asking how she did not laugh during this video. You know why, how she didn't laugh? She's a pro. She's so good. Sharina's amazing. It, it's funny you say that, too, because that's very particular. At the time, we were working with a bunch of different models. And I said, who can I bring into this video that will play it super straight? Because she even talks to them up, up it, uh, at, at certain points. <laughs> and, yeah, so that's it. We, we... Oh, it's adorable. Yeah, they, they did a great job with that. I just stood on the side and voiced it. Also, I think it's it's really, I don't want to say it's rare, but there's some kind of special when you're actually having fun with the video. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just like, I got to get this done, it's a deadline, whatever. But when you're actually like in it and you're just happening to be doing work, there's something else that happens in that video. And, you're, and I think the audience can feel it and they're, they're along with it. And that was a really feel-good video. And it's funny because it's a sleeper because you'd never know it's the Muppet till you click on it. Right. <laughs> yeah, we made it a point of not like pushing it as a Muppet video. That way it would be a surprise. <laughs> People have been watching the channel, but that was that was really fun. We use them up a, a bit. It's just more complicated to use. So, yeah, I think someone's asking if if Nikon will come out with a remote for the strobes. I don't. I don't know. I don't think that. In my opinion, and let's talk about this because because we're both lighting guys. I'm, I'm in the camp of I don't really care if camera companies come out with their own flashes anymore. I feel like I'd rather them focus their R and D on their lenses and their and their camera lines and keep us updated with firmware, and then let companies like Profoto, Westcott, 
uh, Flashpoint, Ellen Chrome, let them develop the lights for it because that's what they do. And they can just talk to each other. They don't have to be that brand specific. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's that's pretty pretty much how I feel too. I don't I don't know why you need a Nikon or Sony or Canon flash. It doesn't to me it doesn't I think people get obsessed with the uh communication. Right, but if you work hand in hand with the good pro strobe companies, then you'll have that. Yeah, which which Nikon actually did with Pro Photo. Canon has always been uh ready day one with uh new strobes that are third party. So I think uh I don't really focus too much on I mean, when's the last time you saw a major release in strobe for a camera company? I think Canon with the EL1, which is mm-hmm. a lithium-ion battery, big flash, and that's like for hardcore press, you know, sports guys. I can't breathe. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm battling right now. He's breathing on me. This is good. Nah, hey, you, you, yeah, I don't. I'm not sick anymore. I'm just beat up. Mm-hmm. But I, I come through for you, Bubby. Yes, I knew you. <laughs> I always come through for you. you Seth always, always comes through. Not for nothing, man. We, I think you and me have had some of those tr- like treacherous times mm-hmm. five minutes before going live. I think, ever, <laughs> yeah. like ever, and and a lot changed during COVID. We had to figure out a way to adapt to this and and go live in different ways. Mm-hmm. You and me always feed off the crowd. I feel like you and me are the same. We're different styles, but we are the same. Like, we need that energy from a crowd to do what we're doing. When when we That's got helpful, yeah. yeah we started going into empty rooms and talking to screens mm-hmm. how how'd that feel yeah it's not great yeah I, I do like that because and you know and again I'm I'm more of a people photographer so I'm used to interacting with somebody when I'm working so yeah I, I just staring at a camera is not I also like the left turn that you'll take because someone in the crowd was like well what if you did this you know and you're like I guess we'll make the background blue you know like, we'll do it. it we'll make that background. <laughs> That's like the number one question. Can you make the background blue? I don't know what is with you guys. I can make the background blue. If or chocolate gels. You guys are obsessed with chocolate yeah. gels. I don't know what's going on with that. You introduced the chocolate gel. Number mm. 99 in the Roscoe. That's right. I love a chocolate gel. <laughs> I recommend it highly. I love a chocolate gel. <laughs> it's my favorite gel. All right. Let's go back into these. So this is amazing one well, life Seth portraits. likes urban vapor. I love. Okay. Let's talk about this. <laughs> industrial vapor. I love industrial vapor. I like gels that don't look like a a random party color. I like gels that you could believe and still make you feel like you're in an environment. uh, Industrial vapor, urban vapor, CTO, CTBs, tough greens. I like the way I can make like that clinical, weird, off-putting look in a, a, not clinical, clinical because you're in an office and it's like has that ugly lighting. Mm -hmm. I want to make you feel that way. I can mimic it. That's why those gels are amazing to me. Right. So I like beauty gels. They're, they're my favorite. So I like things like your lavenders and your pinks. I like You do chocolate. like lavenders. The thing about the chocolate gel is that I used to use it a bunch. It works on very specific skin tones really well. Other ones, not so much. Like, it wouldn't work well on me. And I think that's a real trick that it's kind of almost like a lost art because we don't need it anymore because we're digital. We right. can tweak color. Is using, like, gels to improve skin tone. And where it does become valuable is in video. If you've got somebody in front of you and they have a certain cast of their skin, let's say me, I've got a lot of red in my skin, throwing that little bit of gel on there, like a certain beauty gel, will actually shift my skin, keeping it within the skin, skin color, but so I'm, it doesn't wipe it out. You don't want to put green because it'll make me go yeah, right. pale, but s- something that's a little bit uh, off will just throw my skin and make it more smooth and even. And this is kind of a lost art, and that's one reason why I love that and I saw this transition when I was here, when people started doing video, photographers started shooting video, and they needed to go back to filters and stuff again. They had, you know, for like five or six years, everybody was like, oh, I shoot digital, I don't need filters. <laughs> and that's like, well, yeah, go ahead and shoot video. Oh, of course, now, you know, this color grading's easier and there's raw right. stuff. But like, you're throwing your, your, your Canon 5D Mark II, whatever the first one was that shot a lot of videos people liked, 
I know Nikon N90 or something was the first one, but that's the first one people cared about. Yeah. And uh, they'd come in and they'd be like, oh, the color's terrible. It's like, yeah, throw, throw a filter on there, man. And like it was good to like get back to that craft, which again is now shifting because we have color changing lights too. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you guys learn gels, you get really into the the tactile and like the practical of a gel, yeah. you will be flying on RGB lights like you've never seen before. Well, exactly. And the thing is, I think that like the the trendy stuff with gels, like making skin purple or whatever, is fun. But knowing how that actually works in, in color science is will really elevate your work, especially like you say, these RGB lights that are cool. Yeah, color science is crazy. Uh, I think that we've we've lost that art and using filters on our lenses. I think we lost that a little bit, and not as far as effects like soft focus and black mist or whatever. Not that stuff. Yeah. I'm talking like color balancing, uh, because for a long time I was shooting with like green filters in front of my lens and shooting magenta lights to get that green look that I like all over the place for my ambient light. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see that in my. Oh my gosh, my SanDisk video, the, the, the travel SSD drive or whatever it was. But the reality is uh, all these lost arts actually help you understand today's technology yeah. because it came from somewhere, because it all originated. All this editing you do in Photoshop, dodging and burning, came from people literally using their hands mm -hmm. to dodge and burn inside of a darkroom. Right? Us, actually, <laughs> you were those guys, yeah. you know? Um, there's a question up top. Let me see. Knowing that you aren't a fan of talking to a camera without a crowd, how do you feel about how did I like this and your philosophical videos? You do do uh, a lot of philosophy nowadays. Yeah, so, right. So those videos are a little different because they're more just me. It's almost like a diary that you get to read. Uh, so I'm just kind of talking um, almost to myself, but to, a, to an audience. What I mean by having a crowd is like when you're doing a demo. Because like you're lighting something and you're just like, yeah, okay. Boom, and you take the shot, and you're just like, well, now I'm happy with it, and we're only four minutes into the video. I, yes. like, I, I might as well just go home. Like, there's nobody here. I don't know what people. That's what I mean by the energy in the crowd for that. That's, that's a little different. I, I don't mind that because I, I don't make a philosophy video or how do I like the video unless I really want to talk about that subject. And I'm just sitting there talking about it. I really don't want to show you how to do Rembrandt lighting. Like, nope. it's not a, it's not my passion, but I want to teach you something. So if you want to see that, I'll do it. So if you ask me, then I'll do it right when we're live. That's what I mean by that. Yeah, and I'm convinced that we're living in a simulation and Adorama has pre-played chat rooms that we just look at and we're not really talking to anybody. They just have us doing these demos for no reason. It's I'm probably true. That's where I'm at. Um, <laughs> the other thing I want to say about the color science thing a while ago, Adorama had me shoot at this party where I did 400 headshots. People, you were there when I was doing the prints and stuff. Um, and they wanted gelled lights, and it was against a white wall. And they wanted all these different colored gels. I'm looking at the references, and all them, I'm just seeing straight gels on lights. And it didn't really jive for me because what I was trying to do was a color science where I used um, layered gels on each light and shifted them. So what ends up happening is you get a transition. Oh my gosh. If you try, I, I, they're on my Instagram. I could try to put them on my story later today. But the reality is that when you look at those images, there's something about them because the colors don't just like hit and then stop and then another one starts. No, like you actually watch like the shadows have pink, but then we're going into a green skin and then there's a hard blue rim light and then the background's going this weird green when the green, the green is just all those colors mixing to make that white wall go green. And I think when you start really elevating color science, when you're using lighting, you're going to be really surprised what you can actually put out there and not by mistake. Right. You know? And if you do make a mistake, <laughs> try to learn from it, right? Because that's what happens. Sometimes we just mess around, something happens. I think one of the videos I chose, Donald, when you talk, look at it, is the one with the egg where I do that. Yeah, make, actually, I mix the color. Actually, I was going to, I was going right. to call that out because Brad's yeah. actually asking, do you have any good resources for color science? Dan did a video lighting an egg, which I think really explains. It, was, yeah. <laughs> it sounds so dumb, but it, he really does show It was during you. the lockdown. It was during, and I got to give him props for that. He did a really great job on that. It was our first, you know, I think it was a live. 
No, no, that was a recorded one. That was a recorded one? I so, think. No, they're in lockdown. I did that one with the little candle, I think. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. had yeah. the argument with the guy on the thing. Yeah, I had the argument with the guy on the thing. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. You know, Dan, I was, I, I was defending you and running your lie from like miles away, but that's when he remembers. Like, I had a fight with a guy in the chat room. He sets in Brooklyn fighting with people in the chat room while we're trying to make I don't fight. I just let set people straight. <laughs> Listen, I, I, if I argue with anybody in this chat, it's all out of love and you know that. All right? I don't know what to tell you. Unless You're just you tell weak. them that you should be able to look through the camera. <laughs> well, I mean, you and me are both, like, not into fix it and post. We'll use that power when we need to. It's always an option. But I think we constantly battle people that while we're doing something and showing a practical way of doing it, they'll be like, oh, I could just do this with AI. I was like, you could, but instead of letting a computer decide it for you, how about you make an... I'm obsessed with documenting what's in front of my lens. I want to know what was there, what happened. I have nightmares about people not knowing what their grandmother looked like because she has no blood vessels and no pores all of a sudden no, and I things know. like that. You know, I shot my own mother here as a, as a demo, and I yeah, I got her a makeup artist, but I, I wanted you to see all the, all the wrinkles I put on that woman's face. <laughs> but I, made, I still made her feel good. She still felt great about the shots. I mean, she's my mom. She's like, oh, Bubby, that's great. But in the end, I, you know, I, I look for the truth in things because I think – that's where people connect to images is the truth of things. Yeah, I think so, ultimately. When, when we're looking at somebody um, and they say, well, I want to be fully retouched or I want to look like this, I think the, well, you have to look beyond that and you got to say, well, why? Right? right. Because you could just do it, which is what most people will do. They'll be like, fine, we'll just, and you look the way that you want to look, you know, we, we, whatever. But the thing is, is like, why are they not feeling comfortable with the way that they think that they look when? And I think that's really the connection you can make with the portrait subject and say, let's show you why you are who you are. And it is beautiful. And it is something to capture. And that's that's a big part of what I try to do. And it's more than just like I got it right in the camera. It's more that I don't want to have to uh, do all this because I don't think I need to because you don't need that to look good. Right. You don't you don't need to look like everybody else. You don't need to, to have all these things done to you. Everybody has their own, you know, in uh, external and internal beauty. But don't you think that part of a portrait session is getting your subject to feel great about yeah. what you're portraying for them, who's yep. themselves? I mean, yeah. that's that's kind of the honor and respect of portrait photographers. Not everyone looks amazing. It's right. no, they feel great about who they actually are, and you yeah. get a sense of who they are without their having one word out of their mouths because you got a silent photo in front of you. I mean, that's yeah, what I look 100%. At. Yeah, and I think that's important, and that's one reason why if you get to that, like, getting it right. And the camera thing is that when you can show somebody an image, let's say, on Capture One, and they're happy, and they don't go, oh, and then you're like, oh, I'll take care of that later. You want them to be like, oh, this is great. Uh, can I? Can you send that to me right now? I know you hate it, but one of the, I think it's a great <laughs> compliment, is when somebody takes their phone out and starts trying I to take it. pictures of the screen, because I'm like, they think that picture is so good that they want it right now. There's no Photoshop done to it. There's no whatever. They like that. They're impatient and rude. Well, right. Nope. You know, obviously there's better ways to handle that, but I, I think that... I think that, see, I look at it as, wow, that's great. They're not like, oh, God, when are you going to Photoshop these so I can pick the best one? They're like, I want these now. You know, obviously, they could just ask, and then I would send it to them, which would be a little bit, which is more to your point. But I think that's a good feeling, and that's one reason why I strive for that. I don't know how we get into that conversation. Gels. Yeah, I just, you know, I think just portrait photography is is not spoken about the right way for most people. They look at it as just the most superficial way of what can we do to this person? So I, I once did a session at WPI. I went through like 20 lighting steps. This guy goes, yeah, but I want to get rid of double chins. I'm like, dude, I said, cool. Have them stick out their neck a little bit. That's, that's what you're going <laughs> to yell at me about after two and a half hours of setups and trying to talk to you about philosophy of things. Like 
get away from some things and start realizing who the person is and get them to feel comfortable with themselves and excited about that image that you created. Because when people see that photo that they that know that person, they're not going, oh, what they do to that photo? They go, oh, yeah, that's Mary. You know, like right. they, how many times have you put out an someone's put out an image that was overly like worked and they were like, I, you don't even look like yourself anymore. Yeah. Marissa. Oh, geez. There's don't so many pictures that. of her that are just terrible. Yeah, guys, hit like. Don't forget to subscribe for more stuff from Adorama TV if you're first time here. Man. It's gone in two weeks. Well, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not at all saying that you shouldn't retouch. I think retouching is super important. I think the idea of that being the fixation is the problem. Like, we want to to get beyond, ideally, I want to get beyond that and not have somebody say, oh, I don't like my the way I look. If they have a pimple and they're like, oh, can you remove the pimple? That's something temporary. Yeah, that obviously, you know, and any any even minor skin smoothing, I mean, none of that is really an issue. It's the complete and total... Um, change of somebody because they don't feel good about who they are. And that's not uncommon. It's not new either at all. I always say that, that second to dentists, photographers are the most hated. You know, <laughs> so everybody who sits in front of my camera goes, I hate to have my picture I don't want to be here right now. I don't want to be here. Oh, God. Nobody wants it. I mean, obviously, I'm exaggerating models and stuff. You know, actors, they want to be photographed. Although, oftentimes, actors don't want to be photographed. But that's a different story. But... Um, most people will go, oh, I don't, I don't like to be photographed. I look bad, you know. And what, what's the reason for that? And that's really part of what I try to dig into. Well, one of the shots I did of Marissa, she was, she came by the studio late one night, and I was, I was helping her out with some stuff. And I want to do a portrait. It was just us, and I want to get. She has a scar on her forehead, and I love this scar. And there, Dan always gets this comment on every video. It's impossible to make Marissa look bad, Rah! And so. First of all, yeah, it is. You make anyone look really ridiculous with certain lighting. But I lit her for black and white portraits to show her bone structure because everyone shoots her super high color, mm -hmm. bright blue eyes, crazy fire red hair, amazing red lips, all this stuff. I was like black and white. I lit for the scar. I lit for every texture. I lit for her eyes. I tried to get as much out. And you can actually see how I like for texture because that's how I get her eyes to pop. Mm -hmm. That's how I get the scar to pop. That's how I get her bone structure to sculpt. And she did not initially like these photos. She actually was like, I'm not happy with these. I don't know where they look. And I was like, I, I said to her, I was like, this is honest. I think this is a way no one shoots you. Mm -hmm. It's not edited to death. And it is on. It's really who I, I see there without all the stuff that people pull out of you that isn't Marissa. And it took her a while. And then a few uh, months ago, she actually texted me. She's like, you know what? I actually changed my mind. I really enjoy these images. I, I, I look at them now and I see stuff. And, and she gave me a whole like novel about what she thought about them after she took some time because she's been shooting for a commercial look for so right. long. I don't think she ever had an honest portrait outside of what you do, but we're always doing something for a demo to get like a technique across. This was really shot because I wanted to shoot her. The, the image is on my Instagram. It's pinned to the top if you guys want to check it out. Um, no, no, but drink your coffee every time Seth shouts out one of his things that you should check out. This is how I'm trying to grow things, guys. I optimize. You know what I'm he's, saying? He's good at it. He's got three times the followers I do. I'm going to do what I got to do to catch up to this old man over here, you know? Get is, there. Is there a calendar of events? Yeah, guys, in the top corner over here, you can scan that with your phone and you'll see the events page. October 12th, we're going to be on the roof of Sony's building for the Sony Square event. You guys can shoot live. We're going to have every Sony camera. You can go try it out or any, any lens. Free memory cards, first come, first serve, and all that stuff. Well, they have so, the, the, the Macavia. Is that what it's called? Remember that camera with the disc? Mavica. Inside? Mavica. Is that the one that had its floppy disc? Inside? It had a floppy disc, and then it became a CD. Nice. I never understood the CD one, because if you shake it while it's writing. <laughs> That's how you get blur. 
That's a, that's the new Shutter Drag. That's a Shutter Drag. That was the, the, the Shutter Drag. Um, I don't know. You guys have any last questions? Oh, we we should go- do that, dude. We've been going for an hour. I feel like I, I like doing these <laughs> ones with people I legitimately know and can hang out with. And I don't know. I don't think anyone in this industry I know is close as Dan. We literally share a studio. Mm. He's driven me crazy up a wall in every possible way you could think of. But he's also never ceases to teach me something, even today. So I love this guy, and I think that he he just can't help but teach you something when he's honest about it and knows exactly what he's trying to get across. And it's these little tidbits in between things that you got to stay up on him for because it's it's really interesting how how your brain works sometimes. You spit out things in the middle, and you're like, what? <laughs> right, right. you got to pay attention. you got to pay attention. Uh, do you do macro shots ever, says Jason? Do I do macro? It's not a big thing, a big thing for me now. I don't have a macro lens. But I've done a couple uh, videos on macro lights. I macro think we've shots. all done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always fun. I find macro to be one of those things that when I used to have a macro lens, I would do in the winter. You know, it'd be like you're stuck inside your apartment. This is why I used to live in Queens, especially. And like, what am I going to do? You know, it's like so. I just take some little things. I start photographing them. It really teaches you about depth of field. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> and how you, how to use it, and how sometimes that shallow depth of field does not work for you, and sometimes it does, and how you can play around. Well, it's kind of interesting. A lot of people don't realize that they're trying to shoot a macro shot with a macro lens, and they're like, man, most of it's out of focus. Like, yeah, because you're physically so close. Yeah. You can close down all you want on a macro lens. If you're super close, it's still going to be shallow. And so I have to actually tell people to like, step back and then crop in with use the camera. Like, right. if, uh, Actually, it's funny to say, because I actually taught a dentist to do this, because he's like shooting a macro lens with his tooth I destroyed. And I'm like, nothing is sharp on here. Look how amazing. I'm like, nothing. I can't see what that is. And then I had to show him, yeah. step back, get close, and then shoot, like all that, you know. That's how you do a lot of jewelry. That's what, that's what you want. Jewelry is tough. You know, when you're doing jewelry, you know, typically you're, this is where Capture One and everything comes in. You're using your phase one back, and you've got like the gazillion megapixels. And that's why <laughs> you want that, is because then you can step back and get that depth of field, because it's so hard to get when you're close. I mean, sometimes it's nice to do the super shallow depth of field, water drops and reflections and bugs. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I feel like uh, macro shots are kind of like almost in a fisheye realm where almost every shot starts looking the same because it's that same. It can, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I like macro. I really cool. I like macro lenses for portraits a lot. I like I hyper sharp. I like really weird. I like the depth of field that just drops off. I don't like that transition sometimes. Yeah. And you also just borrow my lens whenever you need a macro. I do. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of ultra-sharp portrait lenses, which we've, we've had the conversation before. That's why I don't like macro lenses. It's nice because you don't have to worry about getting too close because you, you'll always be able to focus. But I don't like portrait lenses that are too sharp. Yeah, I, I would love to get Gavin on this show. I just want—I yes. pe- don't want to do the Zoom call lives anymore, guys. I want huh. people here. I think this is the way we got to get going forward. Also, we're always in the store here. You guys are always welcome to stop by 42 West 18th Street. Come hang out. This guy goes live every other Thursday. Again, check out the events page to stay up on the events of what's happening in here and virtually, as yeah. well as off-campus, hands-on, like the Sony event on October 12th. Um, the one—the last thing I want to kind of talk to you about, because we're kind of running into overtime here— Dan used to do something that uh, I used to do as well, but Dan really did a lot more. You just put an ad on Craigslist back in the day and be like, hey, I want to shoot somebody today. Not shoot somebody. I mean, hey, I want to photograph someone today. Yeah. Come by my studio if you want to get portraits. And you would get anyone. Like a re- You don't know. Mm-hmm. They're not a model. They're not you know maybe comfortable in front of the camera. They might have quirks to them. And then that really sharpens down your skills, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How'd that happen? How'd that work yeah, for you? Yeah, so... Because again, because I shoot so many models and actors, it was nice just to want to shoot. I hate to use that term, real people, but just somebody who doesn't want, doesn't have an agenda, right? When you get somebody in front of your your lens that's a model or an actor, unless they're a good friend of yours that you're just getting together to play, 
they need something, right? They're there because they want this shot for this purpose, for that. So as much as you want to mess around, you're always going to fall into that area of like, oh, I got to make sure I get that good headshot for them first. You know, and you're like using up all your energy to get that. And sometimes you don't get what you want. So this was kind of like, come to my studio. I'm going to photograph you any way that I want right. to. And, and, you know, and I met several people who I photographed multiple times that way. And it was really interesting to see who would show up, you know, different ages, different genders, and just have fun shooting them. Sometimes I'd shoot film. Sometimes I'd shoot just Polaroid. Uh, Polaroid. Sometimes I'd shoot digital. And just really mix it up. It was, it's a great way to, like, expand. And you could do the same thing just by asking people that maybe if not total strangers, if you're, like, say, shooting out of your house, you might not want to do that. But you could go somewhere and walk do street photography and just, if you see somebody interesting, say, hey, I'm a photographer. I'd like to make a portrait of you and see if you can even shoot it on the spot without taking the, because I know some people are nervous about people coming to their space. Right. And then once you build up enough of those, you post them. And then when you approach someone did virtually on Instagram that you find interesting, they could see what you're talking about. And so that's how you kind of build and go forward a little bit. Um, I, I think you and me, uh, I, feel, I feel like we're snobs, but I feel like you and me have like this um, similar background because we both shot a lot of for, large format. Mm-hmm. And when you shoot large format, it slows you down so much. Yep. And you have so many tools at your disposal that I think it changes the rest of the way you shoot in any medium. Yeah. So I don't know how I could recommend you guys try shooting large format, but Penumbra Foundation here in New York has a lot of great programs for large format, wet plate, tin type, stuff like that. And when you slow down, I mean, we're talking two frames. Mm -hmm. Shoot, flip, shoot, good luck. Uh, It it changes the way you, you, you shoot. I think a lot of spray and pray is the way people are being brought up now. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's funny. I was just, uh, on a photo shoot, I won't say any names or whatever, but the uh, the art director was there actually remotely, which is so technology is so great. And the first couple shots we did, they were like, I pointed them at my screen because I couldn't share with Capture One because I hadn't done the upgrade yet. But anyways, they um, they were like there, and then like they stepped away, and then the third subject got there, and I'm shooting. I'm just like shooting. I'm like, why am I just randomly shooting pictures? It's like they want something specific. I could shoot all day long. When they sit back down and look at this thing, they're going to go, oh, yeah. do, do it this way. So I'm like, we're, we're stopping until I get art direction. Like, I'm not going to spend my time. Right. And everybody else who was on set was kind of like, whoa, we're just standing there. It's like, that's not my fault. Without this art director here, I'm just spraying and praying, as you say. Like, right. when, you, when you know what you need, when you're on a commercial project, you shouldn't have to shoot a lot of pictures. You know, We used to do it in the film days because, well, first of all, you wanted multiple rolls of film for backup if there was an issue with the lab, but also because you used to charge for it. Yep. The days of digital, man, somebody sits down to get their portrait made and we know what they need. If I'm shooting more than 10 or 15 pictures, I'm shooting too many. Yeah, and you know what's funny is there's actually a live that me and Daniel did, got to be eight years ago now. <laughs> uh, on the corner over here, there was a magazine I worked for and the girl called me, the, the photo editor. Actually, she was the main editor. She was like, I need these shot. Someone did these for us and they're horrible. I need it now because I have to run this tonight. She came by and they were relics like really worn away Buddhist statues that had no features left on them. And we went live that minute from our phones. And you can actually hear Emma in my ear while I'm shooting going, no, I need this. He should look more round. Why is his his nose not showing up? And we're lighting as she's talking to me to get these things to show up. And I just hand her the memory card and she went. Yeah. You know, so if you really wanted, man, that was, that was one of the we cool, did that, here. that was an era that we had that was so ill. We just yeah. didn't care. 
We didn't care what it looked like. We just like go live, bang, bang. You know, we put. I don't even think we had a mic, but it was. It, it's pretty cool. It's on my playlist on my own YouTube channel. I think it's on like my videos are on other channels playlist, like very at the bottom because it was so long ago. But I think that's one of the most mm. on the spot and real ways things happen. I got a quick paycheck, real fast. I didn't expect to get that day. <laughs> we shot in fifteen minutes. It was awesome. Uh, real shout out, uh, Fernando in the chat is putting the podcast link. So this gets turned into an audio podcast. If you guys ever want to and you can't get onto YouTube and you do subscribe to Apple Podcasts, check it out. There's the link in the chat. Oh. Stay with us there. So, uh, you know, if you're not always on YouTube and you're just listening at work or something like that or working out, uh, there you go. Oh, Kiev 88. Oh. Do you ever use those Russian cameras? Yeah. All those Leica clones and Or stuff? the Helios lenses yeah. or those. Oh, know what I have? I have the, one of those Russians. I forgot what they call it. It's the panoramic swing lens. Oh, right. The- Horizon. The hori- it, has, it has a bubble level on the top yeah. of it because you can't angle it at all. <laughs> Russian cameras, man, they're like always under 100 bucks and do the weirdest things, but it's cool. It's <laughs> yeah. very cool. Do you have any of the Helios lenses? I like those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I have screw- the screw-in ones for my old Leica. I have a screw-in to F-mount adapter, which then goes into oh. an FTZ adapter, which goes onto my, my, my digitals. This oh, is where funny. we're at, Daniel. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I'd be curious, actually, just to see how that looks. Have you tried it? Because early on, when I first, I had an adapter to go to one of my digital cameras from an old lens, and it actually looked like garbage. Mm-hmm. I think that, like... The resolve. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it doesn't resolve, and it's, like, almost too, like, that softness looks great on a film with, like, a punchy film. Like, you shoot, like, a, 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 a Tri-X, like, underexposed, and oh. you, like, push it. And it just looks really like soft, but yet crisp. But then with digital, it just looked like. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I, I did have, I forgot what lenses it was, but I, I adapted it to my Fuji, my, my GFX 100S. And I was like, what? Like, I think there were medium format lenses for film. And I was like, this is like Vaseline. And yeah. it couldn't even look cool. I was thinking like, how could I, but it wasn't worth it, you know, but I am adapting my 503 Hasselblad to take instant film. And I am very excited to go do this. That I'm curious about. That I'm curious. A long time ago when I got the D850, the first thing me and Daniel were like, let's adapt this to a four by five. And we we're going to mount it to the back of a four by five. I bought the, I think the double zero Copal, the Copal mm-hmm. double zero. Right. And I tried to adapt it. And then we got busy and we never got back to right. it. And then 20 <laughs> cameras came out after that. And I was like, now I want to adapt my GFX to it. Oh, that'd be cool. A GFX to a Campbell long, uh, long rail, like a 14-inch, mm-hmm. I think it'd be sick. You guys have no idea what we're talking about. No, it's okay. Huh. Man, we're going into it. Listen, yeah. guys, uh, we're running over, but thank you guys for joining us. It's, uh, it's 11 o'clock on Wednesdays. You know to come back here. Daniel Norton, you can check him out at the stuff down below here. I want to thank Glow for sponsoring this. This is the in-house brand, so come back. Check out the links down below for a massive amount of very affordable and wide range of uh, Glow modifiers. And I also want to thank Brulita for the coffee, even though it came a little late. That was our fault. Don't worry about it. I'm so good. <laughs> it was good coffee, actually. This is a mocha. Is, oh, did you get a mocha? I got a mocha. I went for the chocolate today. You were like, I'm going to go fancy. If you're paying for it, I'm going to go fancy. Yeah, because yeah, once I knew that it was on the house, but, well, you know, the stuff's paying for it. Yeah, listen, guys, don't forget to hit like. Drop some comments if you're watching this on playback. We're, this show is ever-evolving. I've been just trying to work on it. I'm self-producing it. So, you know, if you guys want to give some feedback, go for it. Uh, Dan is live here. When's the next one you're live? The 19th. Oh, October 19th? you're closed for a bit. October 19th. Dan will be live in, in the store? Yeah. Dan will be live here, so you guys can fill these chairs or watch at home on Adorama TV right here on the same channel. So subscribe and hit That's the right. bell so you get notified and put out more videos. And one last shout-out to the Sony event. Just in case you guys 
are in New York and want to go to something sick, this is the Sony Square event. So October 12th, it's free. You can come hang out on the rooftop of Sony's building at Madison Park. We got models, we got lighting, we got music, and we've got an amazing space that gives you a rooftop view as the light changes. We're talking about sundown, baby. Nice. Yeah, That's nice. Be fun. So October 12th, check out Adorama on Eventbrite. You can check that out here. And am I still, man, I got so many logos up. Let's put all the logos up. Let's just do all of it. <laughs> Whew, damn. Full logo. Was, uh, that was a, that we went a little. I, I feel like you're yeah. gonna be. A, I'm gonna keep on pulling you in here because yeah. I feel like we can always just do a, a show. I've known you. Can for the so chat long. decide the coffee? Yes. Oh no! Who decides no, coffee? No, no, no way. Nope, not doing it. Sorry, guys. I love you guys, but you are not. You are not deciding my coffee. No <laughs> way. No way. I can't stand <laughs> so much. I like black death straight up coffee. Seth wants. Uh, no, I won't say because remember that time where you were doing the uh, household lights or whatever, and I was like, I told everybody, I'm like, bring in the lights and Seth will use them. And everyone in this crowd brought in the most insane lights. And one dude showed up. He's like, I actually designed lights, and these are some things I used on a roller coaster. And I was like, oh, my God, Dan, I hate but, you so But I much. used them. Yeah, so. I used them. I got through it, you know. Uh, but, hey, I, I don't think we could do that stuff if we didn't really believe we know what we're doing. Right. And after so many years of doing this, it, there's always a surprise out there, but you can handle it when you know the fundamentals and you mm -hmm. can step back for a second and take a breath. You know, um, I just want to say like, Dan is one of my favorite people in this industry. He's one of my favorite people, period. I'm really proud that he's a friend of mine, a peer of mine, a studio mate of mine. But I also think we're very, very lucky to have him on Adorama TV, constantly sharing. There is over 300 videos alone on his onset playlist on top of the live streams, and he's still going. Check out his own channel for constant videos, constant philosophy. You cannot get enough out of this guy. I mean, he's always surprised me with something I didn't think about or something that taught me something that I, I thought I knew, but he knew a little bit more. So, and, and I will not say that about a lot of people. So... Oh, I just want to give a huge shout out to my boy. I've slipped him some cash now. Yeah, he's got some some cash. He's he's the sponsor <laughs> for next next week apparently. So yeah, I'm uh, the sponsor for next week. Seth is is also good. Oh, you're <laughs> such a jerk. You're such. Oh, you know what? I didn't play the Comic Con video. Oh yeah, that was so great. Do you guys want me to go into the Comic Con video really quick before we get out of here? I'm going to do it. It's yeah. my it's my show. I built this place. Yeah, yeah, that was super fun. This was nuts because Dan actually. St I know one's left in the chat. They all thought we signed off. Dan <laughs> actually thought that we. Um, that Dan actually wanted to go to Comic-Con to shoot some portraits of cosplay. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys don't realize that at Comic-Con, everybody's in a melee and they're just kind of like making things happen. Dan walked in there with us as the light stands and shut down the lobby of the Javits Center <laughs> hardcore and had a line of people that wanted to get their photo taken by him. So how, I get, how did we pull that up? I don't, I don't, to this day, I don't know how they didn't shut us down. Uh, it because was, we were like in the lobby, right? Because normally everybody's in like, there's like a... A place where the food trucks is, where everybody shoots. We were like right there. Like I mean, this is old school Seth with the hat. This is yeah. the actual press room when they actually had a big press room. They don't really have yeah. a big press room anymore. Uh, but we were in the lobby and we were just going for it. I mean, Dan was using <laughs> uh, Profoto uh, B2s and all. Yeah, man, that is old school Seth. Wow, <laughs> look how young I was. Oh, oh man, my gosh. I mean, this was, it was awesome. Yeah. This was awesome. So if you guys haven't checked this video out, uh, it's Superhero Portraits on set. This is one of the many videos Dan did. This is number 107 out of 300 and something on this channel. So but Dan was like, I want to go for contrast. I want to make it, you know, everyone was doing these really flat shots and not getting a lot of, uh, you know, they were on the red carpet. It didn't look right. Yeah. And Dan was just kind of making the studio happen in the middle. And this was, what, 15 minutes? Oh, yeah. We just cranked it out. And then we went up to the press lounge to record and be talking. Oh, yeah. This was yeah. in and out. It was crazy. And then I returned to do a panel years later with you, yeah. 
We did that panel. That's also another video, which was a crazy mess. You had like Lyme disease at the time. <laughs> he had Lyme disease at the time of that other Comic-Con video. And like my camera stopped working and I'm like asking the audience for a camera. And Seth's like, I have a camera. Oh my God, it was so good. This Princess Peach was like legendary. Yeah, amazing. <clears throat> The, 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 the punk, um, the, which years later became a huge thing in Enter the Spider-Verse was the punk Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just went on and on. And it was, it was awesome. This guy was amazing. Yes, yes. I was going to say. <clears throat> this was amazing, guys. Yeah. And this was one of the funnest videos. And this, is, this was a hard introduction to how to work with Daniel. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. It was just bananas. He, and I'll tell you this. Dan was very trusting of us to just know where the light should go. You know, we knew where the, he knew where he wanted his exposure, but he really relied on us as the light stands to kind of get them where we needed them. Yep. So, you know, we got we got in 15 minutes. The line was around the, around the Javits Center. Yep. It was so bananas, and we had to shut it down. I think security was like, "All right, guys, like, yeah, like we, what are you we doing?" Blocked the main entrance area. <laughs> so, you know, for what we had to work with, I think it was pretty cool. And these people were like, not ready. They were just like, "Yeah, let's go." Yeah. So, shout out to Dan on that one. I just wanted to get that one in there because Comic Con yeah. is coming up this month. I'm very excited uh -huh. to go. I'm going to try to interview some people that shoot there and put a video out on my channel like we did years oh, ago. Oh, that'd be cool, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, they never get any love. And I think it's really interesting that people don't realize how hectic it is. Yeah, it's a big deal. I actually, I wasn't really familiar with the culture. Maybe that's why we got away with this. Because I've been to Comic-Con a bunch of times, but I never went there to shoot anything. True. So I was just like, well, we'll just do it right here. <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, everybody's outside under a tunnel where they like let them right. do it. And we're like on the grand floor. Like we were like, <laughs> all right, everyone get out of it. And one, I think security just finally came up and was like, what what is happening here? I think they just didn't even think of it because they're like everybody lines up for things at Comic Con. What right. could this be? Well, and also so, I think we were such a big production that they maybe thought we were we were supposed to be. We there. did have press passes. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. So I don't know if they really, but we still it wasn't. Yeah, it, you shouldn't. Yeah, you don't do that. It was not legitimate. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, guys, this has been going on a little bit. We got to get going. Check out Dan on the nineteenth for his live. Hit his channel up. Let me put this up again. Hit his channel up and hit up this QR code to check out the rest of the events. My name is Seth Miranda, last ex-witness on all social. You're Daniel Norton. I'm Daniel Norton. Anything else? I mean, that's who I am. This is what you get, okay? <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I will see you not next week because Adorama is closed for holidays, so if you're trying to get orders in, get them in now because they're going to be closed for the week. I'm not kidding you. If you're looking to buy stuff, get on it now, and uh, I will see you on... The week after, which is the 11th, I think. October 11th. And we're going to be joined by my guy, Chad, who traveled across America on just a skateboard to raise money for, I think, mental disabilities or something like that. So we're going to talk about... Oh, that's what, cool. Yeah, he vlogged the whole thing. I'm very proud of this guy. I've known him a long time. And he just came off of Tony Hawk's podcast, so it's going to be pretty cool to hear what he's got to say. All right, man, I am... Nice. I am... You yeah, ready? I'm ready. Let's All go. All right, guys. Thank guys. Later.